Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite. Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to talk about... Still an absolute bang in that from Carly Rae Jepsen. It's still not as good as Run Away With Me, which yeah. is one of the great modern pop songs. Like, my... God, the just the histrionic emotion, the the sort of the bland lyrics that could possibly like still pinpoint everyone's feelings oh. at a certain age, like just the synth, the key change. It's just magic. One of the great all time songs. Do you know what I heard on the radio? The I'm going to listen to it after we. I'm going to go check that. Yeah, put it on in office. Absolutely. I heard it on the radio um, yesterday, which was one of those like. Haven't heard it in ages, but for good reason. You know when sometimes you, you hear, like, Sunshine by, like, Dario G, and you're like, why don't people play this anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Natasha Benningfield, I want to have your babies. What's going on? This is a bit much, isn't it, Tash? Comes on, love. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about Rampage. Uh, it's not quite the go-home show for Forbidden Door, but that show is, of course, away. Uh, <laughs> so we're leading towards it, and... We have a TBS Championship match, Jade Cargill uh, versus one of my new favourites this year in Willow Nightingale. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that match to a degree, but I'm not really looking forward to this show. There's no noises emanating from the taping that indicate, oh mm. my God, this one. Last week's was really enjoyable. What happened last week? I can't remember, but I remember yeah, enjoying it. I remember enjoying it a lot. I'll check my notes and you you talk about this this match. Yeah, last week was really enjoyable, and I don't remember there being too Kingston much hype. Yeah, Kingston Hager. Oh, and then the inexplicable decision to to have Will Ospreay and, and Aussie Open lose was Statlander Velvet. Statlander Velvet was good. Um, yeah, there's nothing on this show. Nam Singh's debut, which was surprisingly yeah, surprisingly good. awesome. Yeah, that was a good show last week. Maybe maybe guess what? I've got a feeling that instead of a show. That makes you stand and pace in the living room. That just gets you hyped up. Sort of show that makes you see, oh my god. <laughs> I think this might be a 7 out of 10 instead. No. I, I believe it might be. I believe it might be. But Cargill, Willow Nightingale. What's Ma the bloody point? They put on a show like they did with Dynamite this week and they do that flipping rating because of the 
hockey or whatever it was. Yeah, apparently, and like this is still number two, number still two, number in the two ratings, wasn't it? In the in the apparently that was a TV wide dilemma of just every show performed terribly, like right across the board. I'm not making excuses for AEW. Just I look up Brandon Thurston's tweet to be fair. Absolutely, I think that genuinely, like this Forbidden Door stuff. Can I have a little rant about Forbidden Door because there's not much to talk about on this yeah, rampage show. I've cracked my uh, feelings on Forbidden Door, and I'm probably going to tweet this, but the mega fans will forgive me. Like, I had this thing in 2019. Like, uh, I had a personal vendetta <laughs> against NXT because what it did, with no emotional intensity of the storylines, no, like, raw, believable promos driving it, all very synthetic and all... Look at this match graphic. How great is this match going to be? It's like, well, I can watch great matches anywhere. The USP is no mm. longer got the U in it. If there was ever a show where it was like, right, here's a match graphic, get hyped. Here's a match graphic, get hyped. Here is a wrestler from the AEW side just basically working a banger. Not too much of a banger because you have to pay for the real banger. But one of the wrestlers on the AEW side of those match graphics works a match that just cuts a nice clean, down-the-middle, post-match promo, joined by Tony Schiavone, where the challenge is issued, and then on the screen, subtitled, if it must be, promo from the guy they've challenged, accepting the challenge. I want the most basic build imaginable for Forbidden Door, because it's genuinely, as we've kind of discovered at this point, the only way to build it. These match graphics should speak for themselves almost. A little bit of... You need sound bites for the yeah. for the countdown show and all the rest of it. You need someone to say why they want to wrestle someone. But this realistically should be a match graphic um, heavy pay per view in terms of how it's promoted. Because between the Jay White, Adam Cole, Hangman Page stuff, the way in which they ruined the Moxley Tanahashi showdown, they've built the interpromotional AEW X New Japan Pro Wrestling Dream Show through the vehicle of episodic American TV, and it's so convoluted. Mm. Um, it's so fussy when it doesn't need to be fussy at all. They've built it like it's any other AEW show. It doesn't really have its own identity um, when it is a completely unique show, so it should. Um, and it just feels like a soapy, convoluted, my mates are going to have a fight with your mates, and I've got some new mates to thwart all your mates, and it's just... Very soupy AEW convoluted stuff, and it's just, it's annoyed us to be frank. I'm not really high on this show. Um, I don't see how this show corrects it, but this is sort of weird. This rampage, it's more like some mid card stuff that's away from Forbidden Door, some undercard stuff that could realistically exist on Elevation if it wanted. Um, so I don't think, in short, this show is going to um, address any of my core issues mm. um, with the AEW product at the minute. But with um, Jade Cargill, Night Willow Nightingale, just to circle back to your original question five minutes later, <laughs> they did a trios match with the baddies um, not too long ago, and the baby face has got absolutely nothing. And I really like Willow Nightingale, so I really wanted to get something in this match. I don't expect it to go particularly long. It's a four-match card. Mm-hmm. Um, one match tends to not go particularly long. Obviously, I don't want to see, I don't want to see this go eleven minutes or something like that because the idea is you have to balance this very uh, delicately. You want to show Willow Nightingale off. You want to show something 
Uh, but you don't want to neither expose Jade Cargill for still not being a, a great worker, nor do you want to um, expose the character as someone who takes too long to get it done because the idea is she's meant to be mm. so above everybody else. She is that bitch. That's the character. And I know they're sort of um, toying with making her a little bit more vulnerable because otherwise it would just get boring. So I do appreciate that. But at the same time, a nice six minutes, um, really good hope spot. But I just want the balance of this to be perfect because it could go wrong either way. Jade Cargill is quite obviously going to win. Athena's the big match for them going forward. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like some of the build has been really good. Athena's not the best promo, but she has um, displayed like it's an, a likability factor. Stokely Hathaway. He's is, on commentary, isn't he? Yes. So this oh, is, this is going to be incredible. Um, he still hasn't shown um, anywhere near his full potential in AEW. This will doubtlessly come. He's yes. just being. Gently folded into a pretty overcrowded mix. But, yeah, this should be fine. I'm surprised I've been able to talk about it for as long as I have, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe not. Maybe they're tight on time, so they don't really do schmozzers that much on Rampage because they're on to the next thing, and, and, and I don't believe this opens the show or closes it, so it's not going to be given a great amount of time. But you, like you say, you've got the Jay Cargill and the rest of the baddies. You've got Anna Jay. You've got Chris Statlander. You've got. A th- they might all know. have a fight after. Mm, they might do they though. Might, yeah, they might. They might. Maybe they batter Will. Willow Nightingale's just lovely. Like it's weird. It, I, 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 there's only so many times where I think um, I'm kind of edgy. Me, like I don't want you just basic, you know, baby face. Oh, You're I'm just edgy. happy to be here. Like I always think, oh no, I'm, I like my my wrestlers to be cool. Or, yeah, you know, like oh, oh I, I like them because they say when they're not supposed to. And then Willow Nightingale comes along. She's just nice yeah, and no, good. And really I was like, do well. oh, really? Yeah, I, I'd never really seen a lot of her until I saw her on that Ring of Honor show. And just, in, like, that's what it is. It's that X factor sometimes. She does have that instant crowd connection. Um, if you look at the Rampage taping, like, even main eventers struggle to get, like, as loud a reaction as they would on Dynamite. And yet that crowd were firmly behind Willow Nightingale. Because as you say, she's just got this um, intangible mm. likability factor. Do you think uh, Darby Allen Bobby Fish maybe opens this show? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Moxley main events. Yeah, obviously. Moxley main events because you want Moxley to. Um, he's the pull. He's the draw. He's the guy who's most likely to convince fans to stick around. And the more, the longer the fans stick around and don't channel change, the more adverts they're exposed to. And we know that's how um, television wrestling makes its money through sponsors, adverts. And the vehicle of TV itself. So, yeah, I would put Moxie in the main event. Darby Allen versus Bobby Fish should be a good opener. This he wants revenge, doesn't he? For losing to Kyle O'Reilly, absolutely clean. No, the sting the stuff, I think this is. All oh, right, aye. I, aye. Forgot, I forgot about myself until they mentioned it on the. If this builds somehow, because we know Red Dragon are connected to the Young Bucks, Darby Allen and Sting versus the Hardy Boys in a tag team title match. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? The Hardy Boys. Uh, the Young Bucks. I can't, I Jesus Christ. I like, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for like inadvertently manifesting that because I don't really want to see that happen. But Young Bucks versus yes. Darby Allen and Sting. I think a lot of people wanted to watch that during the first Young Bucks AEW yeah. Tag Team title reign. Um, so this has got potential to inform that at some point. What an incredible match that would be. Sting no sound on a BTE like, trigger. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> like Sting doing a four and three quarter star match at like 63 in 2022, which Young Bucks could do. They've got more chance for Sting than Jeff Hardy, if I'm being absolutely brutally honest. And Matt Hardy as well. I'm not, yeah. yeah. Let's not uh, dwell. Yeah. And, you know, Matt Hardy's not very particularly good either. Um, but as for Darby Allen versus Bobby Fish, 
like Darby Allen remains criminally underrated at wrestling. And Bobby Fish um, is a great mat wrestler. So I expect this to be very different. He's going to do the suicide dive. He'll probably do something crazed at some point. Um, will Darby. But Bobby Fish is great at making people look like they are in significant dire pain. And Different Darby, guy from NXT, isn't he? Yeah, We've absolutely. We've said this a million times, but my absolutely. God. Absolutely, just looks completely reborn. And Darby Allen's great at looking like he's in a harrowing amount of pain. So I generally expect this to be a low-key banger. Mm. Um, really well wrestled, intricately wrestled on the technical side. Um, but Bobby Fish does exist to lose matches. And it's all a bit, let's get Darby's heat back a little bit um, by beating the less um, pushed member of Red Dragon. When's all out? September. September. Well, Forbidden Door, that's the end of June. So I would do Bucks versus Derby and Sting at All Out. And then the two-year anniversary of Bucks FTR, I would do it full gear and then ah, I would do the I was going to say, I, I thought you might do... Ah, that makes a lot more sense. But yeah, in the interim, Derby Allen and Sting as a sort of warm-up of getting them back together as a feasible tag team once Sting's recovered versus Red Dragon is is a is natural progression of, of this, yeah, 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 this feud. A Darby Allen wins then. Comfortably. But <laughs> I expect this to match, even though we've heard no noises. Um we don't hear like this is a banger you must watch and then sometimes bangers just happen. Mm. So it's funny how it works. Um, but no, I expect this to be really good, really intricate, um, really believable. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Now, Michael Sidgwick, I have a confession to make, and I think you might have the same confession to make to our, to our lovely listeners 
we often avoid all spoilers, obviously, for Rampage, but there was one thing we couldn't ignore because it was all over social media yeah. and uh, Squared Circle, and that was the surprising decision um, earlier on in the week to say, you know what, Max Caster, I think you might need to have a match on Rampage with the, uh, the Ass Boys teaming with you to take on Bear Country and Leon Ruff. I've written here, what will Max Caster have to say? But we kind of already know, don't we? And it's... A chef's kiss. Absolutely. Um, Max Caster is either good or bad, and it depends on the target. When he punches up, he's fabulous. Um, when he punches down, not so much. There is a very obvious target which he can punch up towards this week. And they announced like the Rampage lineups on the Wednesday, and they presumably, like at least a week in advance, know what they're going to yes. put. I would not be surprised, one iota, if this was... Pitched for elevation, and they've realized the news is broken. and thought, we need Max Caster to create buzz around this episode of Rampage. And yes, it did the rounds on social media, the, the, the rap, the fan cam of the rap. I don't think this match was booked. I genuinely don't <laughs> think. I genuinely don't think this match was booked for Rampage until the news broke. And then Tony Khan, being a clever guy, his first impulse was we need to get Caster on this show. So obviously the, the main draw is the rap. Many of you have already heard it. It would be cool to see like um, it through the TV screen instead of a fan cam. Um, but the match itself, genuinely, Tony Khan is quite incredible at putting teams and factions and units together. Like, Sting and Darby Allen is the preeminent example of something that he just thought was a great idea, and it's been magic at its best. But this is, like, all across the board. Like, you put two people together, and you think, do you really belong? And then, like, within a week or two weeks or three weeks, you think, my God, how come no one thought of that um, previously? Leon Ruff and Bear Country being together, I don't think anyone on the planet would have thought, oh, they'd make a great trios team. Remember Leon Ruff from NXT? They should put him with Bear Country. <laughs> like, no one would have ever... Sounds ever... like a game we'd play. Yeah, exactly. No one, like a random yeah. bollocks generator. Uh, Leon Ruff. Nobody would have ever put this together. But I think this is great now that it's happened because Leon Ruff is... For people, actually, who might not have watched NXT 2.0, if there's basically anyone under the age of, like, 63 <laughs> listening to this podcast, you might have missed Leon Ruff's run in NXT. It was actually, like, a rare case of them taking someone who wasn't already super over on the super indie circuit and mm. just presenting them as their own guy. And it's like, oh, it's a bit lazy, this. It's, it's <laughs> nice because the guy deserves the spotlight. He's... Incredible in the ring, but you're not actually doing anything on your Triple H. You're not actually doing a goddamn thing to build your own star. <laughs> Leon Ruff didn't really have that big sort of name value. He wouldn't have been on the air, the, you know, the front row of the old takeovers, where it's mm. like, we've got Ricochet or whoever. But they spotted talent, and they put him in a great role where he played like the underdog, and he won the North American title, um, and they wrapped it around his race, because, but because the guy's like... Skinny as all hell, like it just dropped down to his ankles. It's so a good. Really cool visual gag. Uh, Leon Ruff um, is a very good worker at playing to his strengths. He doesn't try to do something that he can't. He's an incredibly slippery guy who's got like a really good sort of escapology element to his work where he'll just almost dance on the ropes and do incredible things on the ropes and escapes and counters. Like he's, he's an excellent um, worker in that respect. Like he's really good. 
um, is a pickup for AEW in that respect, provided he doesn't get too much TV time, because as we all know, it's official. The AEW roster is too big, and if you want an explanation on that, hop on to What Culture WWE's YouTube channel for a wonderful editorial um, adapted by the wonderful Adam Wilborn. And written by the wonderful Michael Sidgwick. It's all just wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> it's all just completely wonderful. But Leon Ruff, right, is the kind of guy who, he's like, they smoke through a keyhole, to use the old commentary yeah, yeah, cliche. Yeah. You can't get him, you can't get him, you can't get him. But when you do get him, he's pretty easy to pulverize <laughs> because he's so skinny and he's not particularly um, strong or anything like that. So the idea with pairing him against Bear Country is that when some obnoxious dickhead, like one of the guns or Max Caster, gets the heat on him and start cheating, like Bear Country can be like his guardians... And, like, in a sort of vengeful fury, they can come and protect their little mate. Oh. Like, this could genuinely work gangbusters as in, like, a cult trios act. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if that's the path they take. I expect it to be this way. And genuinely, I think this has got... You know what? This could work potential. You're right. You've convinced me there. I genuinely thought, like you say, it was going to be the the rap, scissor, and two minutes. Like, like you say, TK's gone... Oh, we need to get Max Caster on. Right, take two minutes off Moxie and, and Dante and take two minutes off Darby and and, uh, and Bobby Fish. In reality, he probably went, take all the time from the women's match. because that's one. But anyway, um, and it's just like, boom, boom, boom. There we go. Um, win for Caster and the Ass Boys. But now, yeah, I love the idea of either of the guns. I'm just going to say Austin Gunn for an example here. They're battering and maybe Max Caster finally gets his hands on Leon Ruff and lays him out and tags in because they're all, they're all friends now. They're this wonderful stable that's captured everyone's hearts. And Austin Gunn comes in and he's battering him. And then he's like turning around to his brother and to his dad and, and you know, Bowens and Caster. And he's like, hey, I'm scissoring myself. <laughs> and they're like, turn around. Yeah. And in the interim, yeah, Leon Ruff has crawled to his corner and tagged whoever the biggest lad in bloody bear country is. And you do the back on up into the chest spot and the, maybe even the feeling yeah, round yeah. of like, bloody hell, Leon Ruff's putting a bit of timber since I last... Got my hands on him. I love that. That's a really good spot. You still think a win for Castro and the Ass Boys? Yes. Yeah, but we all know why this match is happening, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm 100% here for it. Um, Sige, before we get to the main event, is tonight, because they've advertised we're going to hear from them, which sometimes just means uh, two blokes driving around in golf carts. Yeah. Um, Is tonight, though, the end of Keith Lee and Swerve? Because they've not been on quite the same page recently. If I know my AEW storytelling, and I do in great detail, and if you want evidence of that, and just a nice read, go to Amazon. Yes. Wherever you're from, any domain, and type in Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, and purchase my book. And if you haven't done it already, come on. What the Wait, <laughs> uh, it's really good. Uh, so I know my AEW storytelling. I'm a bit of a nerd about it. And if I know Adam Wilborn, my AEW storytelling, mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen here? What's that? They're going to have this incredibly slow burn storyline that's going to span about eight months. <laughs> and then by about month three or four, you're going to think, just do the match. Yeah. Just do the match. The heat's gone. It's weird that you haven't wrestled yet. Do you still hate each other? You've missed two weeks of telly. You should be at each other's throats. I'm being facetious, but I do expect this to go the long route. They'll do some kind of backstage promo. It's weird how they advertise things that last sometimes 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. It is odd. Um, Sometimes it could just make it a surprise. Um, But yeah, I expect this to be like a 30-second promo segment where Strickland will say something to the effect of, look, I still love you, Lee. I still want a team with you, but you know... In that situation, it was every man for himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I apologize, but I was looking out for my own self-interest, but 
still want to be your tag team partner, but somewhere within this promo, there's going to be an indication, like a hint that Keith Lee doesn't believe it and Strickland's only trying to appease mm. the much larger, stronger guy who he kind of doesn't want to wrestle one-on-one um, when it's like a fair fight, like face-to-face. Like he can, he's happy to be a cock. Like Swerve Strickland is an amazing heel. Oh. Like he's an amazing heel. So I do think that's a great direction because like, if they'd signed him in early 2020, yes, push him to the goddamn moon as a baby face, but there are no roots to the moon. There isn't. There's too much um, roster space. So if the money is in Swerve Strickland as a babyface at some point, and I think it is, uh, why not just make him a heel now? Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those where it's like there are 50 great potential TNT champions, of which Strickland's won, but no one's really clamoring for him to get there. So this feud can work in the meantime to help both guys get TV time and do something interesting. I am looking forward to this more than like a Hookhausen segment because I get to do a funny voice on a Monday. He's going to say, greetings, Mr. Strickland. Swerve by name, swerve by nature. (laughs) That's my my pitch. Anyway, uh, Moxley, Dante Martin... Uh, Dante Martin out to prove he's not just a you know a plucky underdog you know with a lot of potential. He's still going to lose. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. They've got a new nickname for him. They were. It's one of those really like, obvious things where they were desperate. To, like, they, might, they might as well have said it straight down the cam yeah. about like eight times. I'm inhuman. And then Matt Seidel was like, you know what? This new version of Dante Martin. He's sick of just being the potential guy. You know. You know he's inhuman. It just reminds me that of, uh, oof, that's cold. No, that's not cold. That's stone cold. Stone cold. Oh, my God. I love how, like, uh, I, like, turned down the thermostat. So, is it it chilly in here? (laughs) No, man, it's cold. Stone cold. (laughs) So, yeah, they're very intent, almost irritatingly so, of getting this inhuman thing over. It's pretty cool because he doesn't wrestle or move mm-hmm. like he's a human being. He's supernatural. Uh, so that's quite cool. I wouldn't necessarily um, debut this nickname now when clearly he's going to get defeated um, by John Moxley. Do you think he's going to shake his hand and say, you did good, kid, maybe, to like give him a bit of daps at the end of the match, I don't know. Possibly, but again, like... He can't be taking that much to his limit because he's the, you know, potentially interim champion. That's the, it's the, stri- the balance they've got to that strike. and the Blackpool Combat Club, which is sort of because of Danielson's injury and the interim title stuff, it's kind of not... And diluting it a bit with Kingston, Santana and Ortiz, like, it hasn't got a lot of focus, but it still exists. Mm-hmm. And again, it's kind of the plot hole of you cannot show too much against members of the Blackpool Combat Club because they respect that and they'll potentially want to induct you. So you have to be measured and very sparing with how you treat guys like Dante Martin going up against a John Moxley. I don't think they'll be particularly careful here. Um, I think it'll be the kind of match where it's like, ah, oh, you brought Moxley to his limit. Maybe you could be a candidate for the Blackpool Combat Club. They could easily tease this. Because Matt Seidel can't keep a hold of Dante Martin. But they just have to be a little bit more careful, I think, in terms of how much Moxie and Danielson give opponents. I don't necessarily think they will be here. I know this kind of match um, very well. Spirited upstart, uh, upstart versus established headliner talent. You want to get everyone over at the same time. So I expect this to go 11, 12, 13 minutes. And I expect it to be really good. I do, yeah. And um, just like the idea of... Dante Martin bumping for the King Kong Lariat. 
and like sort of diving into the paradigm shift one way or the other. Like this should be pretty damn awesome, I think. But again, without the noise, I love when people say, oh, you have to watch this match on Rampage. Yeah. Sometimes it's a double-edged sword, like Ishii Cole was described as this classic. I was like, three and a half stars. <laughs> um, but no, I expect this to be really, really, really good. I don't want to teach grandmothers to suck eggs. I don't want to tell them what to do. I know we, we analyze wrestling and we've never taken a bump in our life, but that's just our subjective opinions that we give. One note I would give in the, it's terrible, the main event stuff. The what, the what stuff? Oh, hang on one second. That stuff. That stuff, yeah. I just suggest to Matt Seidel, don't say, like, peace and love again. To yeah, John yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's going to bat you, yeah. mate, if you say that. You just red rack to a bull at that point, aren't you? But anyway, let us know your thoughts ahead of uh, Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, why should they can follow both of us? You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. The SmackDown preview is available right now. WrestleCulture is coming your way later on today, complete with hashtag bloody good quiz. And, of course, me and Sid will be back on Monday to review AEW Rampage. But for now, this has been the Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.